Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of High Mythology, the show where we get higher than two kids on a magic carpet ride and uh, tell you guys silly stories from mythology and folklore. Um, Tonight, we will be bringing you a story from the 1001 Nights, also known as Arabian Nights. Uh... The story of Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about this one. This was uh was always one of my old school faves uh from from the Arabian Nights thing. Um yeah. I'm sure I just tick tickled the tip of the iceberg when I learned about it. So uh Kind of excited yeah. to hear the whole the whole shebang here. This has actually been one of the hardest stories for me to write. Not because I can't read the stories. Clearly, there's there's a bunch of different versions. But all of them are copyrighted. And they all specifically say no recording. Yeah. Specifically say that. They so copyright been... the translations, too. Even it's weird that, shit. Yeah. Like, the story is, is thousands of years old, but yeah. they copyright... The translation of the story that they did. It's an interesting thing. I'm sorry, but if this story is over 2,000 years old, there should be no copyright attachments to anyone. Yeah. I don't well, see Hesod's ancestors looking for fucking yeah. Greek mythology money. Yeah. Apparently, because mo- most of it is uh, most of it is uh, free market fair trade law. Most yeah. of it's... Uh, but this uh, one in particular it's weird is incredibly that, hard. That it's, uh, yeah, because of the translations. So any book that you look into... Uh, 90% of the books that you'll read the stories out of, uh, like Kim was saying, you'll actually find that they will say in there uh, that the translation is copyright and even recording of talking about it is against the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought maybe if I buy like the original, (laughs) it would do like, you know, some help. But that also is copyrighted. So it's been very hard. It's been very hard. Yeah, but we got it. We mm-hmm. found it. I made it. I found we the We translated the stories. We found a good source, too, I believe. Uh, Fucking so. Sir Richard Burton. Sir Richard Burton. You know he's got to be a good source if they knighted him for it. Motherfucker. Or it was just a down year for knighting, and so they were just pretty much throwing them out to people. All right. I mean, he's no Sir Sean Connery. No, he's not. All right, <laughs> anyway, so this is a long story. All right. Okay, let's go. Long, long, long ago, before Persia was Persia, and it was just a small community of merchants and farmers, probably like 40 people that lived in the area, you know. Those small communities. Mm -hmm. So there once lived two brothers, Kasim and Ali Baba, and their dearly departed father had left them a small inheritance in which they quickly blew through because they were impulsive brothers. (laughs) Just partying it up all the time. Yep, yep. So Kasim... Married the only child, a daughter, to a wealthy antiques merchant. Oh, with the hopes that one day his father-in-law would leave his shop and warehouse to them. 
when he passed on. Get some, Kasim. <laughs> so far, he was just running the shop with his wife. Just running the shop. Yeah. Uh, Alibaba, however, married a poor woman who was needy as shit. <laughs> yeah, goddamn. And Alibaba's job was to go collect firewood. Uh, Even for the town, just yeah. you know, that's his only job. He takes three little donkeys. <laughs> Why don't you buy me anything nice? I collect firewood for a living, and you were poor before we married. What did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> so one day when Alibaba and his three donkeys were out collecting firewood, he spotted a huge dust cloud spiraling into the sky headed right for him. He became scared that it was a group of bandits riding horses, and if they found him, they, they would surely kill him and take his donkeys. So he ran further into the donkeys. woods. The donkeys got value. That's all he got, man. You gotta keep your working load. You're too poor to fucking afford more if they run off. You know what I mean? Too poor to afford a camel. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. So he ran further <laughs> into the woods until he came upon a huge cliffside. There was nowhere to go. A fucking dead end, bro. Dead end. Boxed in. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. He turned and saw that the dust storm was still coming in his direction, so he hid his three donkeys behind some large bushes and thicket and climbed up a tree, some 40 feet up. And from here, he could see everything. When the dust cloud had reached Alibaba, he could see that it was indeed horsemen, young, powerful, all dressed in black, and Alibaba came to the conclusion that they were indeed bandits who recently robbed a caravan of merchants and probably ne- left no survivors. Oh, bunch of assholes. Mm-hmm. Bunch of assholes. All of their horses were carrying loads of gold and silver, and the bandits took the heavy loads of gold and silver and walked over to the cliff wall. And their leader shouted, Open your fucking door. Open your fucking door. <laughs> also known as Open Sesame. Yeah, I'll say Open Sesame. So open Sesame! And suddenly, the rocks began to shift into itself, and a doorway appears. All of the bandits head into the hidden cave, and after a few moments, the rock shifted back outwards, and the wall was once again as it was. <laughs> Alibaba. <laughs> I don't know why I made it sound so wet. <laughs> it's a real wet wall. <laughs> I guess so. Alibaba. Uh, his thoughts start to conflict, and so he thought he should run right fucking now, but when, what if they were to, like, come out as he's climbing down, or if they were to come out moments after he fled and catch <laughs> or, up with him as he's riding away? Or catch up with away. my donkeys, because <laughs> I just got three donkeys to try to ride away on. I know, right? Yeah. All these men are riding horses. They would surely kill anyone that was in the vicinity of the area. No questions asked. No question asked. Just fucking dead. But as he was conflicting, the doorway uh, opened and Alibaba counted 40 men. And the last one, their leader, turned around to the cave entrance and shed, shouted, <laughs> Shut your fucking door! Close your fucking door! <laughs> <laughs> and its entrance disappeared behind the rock wall. Alibaba stayed in the tree until he could no longer see the dust cloud that the 40 thieves had admitted. Then the pussy felt like it was safe to come down. <laughs> And he got out of the tree and walked over to the wall and wondered if he said the magic words. Will it open for him, too? Or is this something only their leader can do? So Alibaba called out, Open, you fucking door! Open, you fucking door! <laughs> and the rocks began to peel back and reveals the entrance. Alibaba goes in, and he was amazed. He had never seen anything like it. 
Uh, it was huge. It had high vaulted ceilings with gold and precious gems adorned in it. And in the center was a statue of a, man, a naked man holding the ceiling up and a naked woman on her knees sucking his dick. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's he's basically like Atlas. You've heard of when Atlas shrugged? This is when Atlas got head. Hey, don't blame me. This is not my kind of art. Yeah. You can blame copyright. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting. It's a very interesting sculpture to can just come in about on just to. Just a guy trying statue of a guy. Trying, does he have like a happy face or does he have like the vinegar face? He's holding one hand, it's holding the other and the other, the one hand's holding the roof up and the other one's just giving a thumbs up. <laughs> I imagine, too, because of the way you typically look at stuff in awe, you know, you'd be walking in, and the way they describe it especially, I imagine it the slow come down where he looks at the ceiling, like, look at the huge ceiling, That's and the serious. hands holding it up, and the giant <laughs> man, and oh my god, they did not spare the details. No, Karma Sutra was a thing for them, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. They were highly adorned with that. The sculptor even managed to kept the, catch the spittle running down her chin. <laughs> It's amazing. Okay, all right. I knew we would go through that. Continuing on. The cave was filled with all sorts of riches. Fine silks, Persian rugs, gold thrown into piles. Blowjob Shit ton of bags filled with gold, silver, rare stones, even rare feathers, and gold embroidered clothes. He came to the conclusion that this much shit could not have been accomplished alone by them. This kind of hoard must have been collected by generations of thieves. And this is where they kept their treasure. So he thinks to himself, there's no way that they could miss just a few bags of gold coins. And so he grabs six bags. <laughs> <laughs> just, there's no way they'll notice if I only take one bag. Let me take just take six. I'm going to take six. It's I like, got three donkeys to feed. <laughs> he puts the gold bags on his donkeys and hid them under the bales of firewood. And then Alibaba walked up to the cave's entrance and said, Shut your fucking door. Shut your fucking door! And the cave entrance was concealed. Alibaba hops onto his donkey and rides as fast as they can back home. <laughs> uh -huh. It's like three miles fast. an hour. Ah ha! Ah ha! Maybe like a mile a minute. Yeah, <laughs> a mile an hour. He's just, he's, I guarantee to the whole way back, he's thinking about the divorce he's going to file to his <laughs> wife, too. Before I pull out the money, I'm going to divorce her. When he got home, he unloaded the bales of firewood and brought the bags of gold inside. When his wife noticed them, she instantly called her husband a thief and a murderer because he clearly had to have murdered someone to have taken that gold. Oh, God. And that's just shaming right there, too. Mm -hmm. That's just sh you know, Oh. Oh, well, I know you didn't work for this, Alibaba, you lazy <laughs> sack of shit. I see the way you behave. You haven't bought me anything. So you bring home gold and think it's okay? Why didn't you stop and get me some fucking flowers on your way home? <laughs> Are you lazy, too? Wow. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that. Uh, uh, but Alibaba recanted his story to his wife, and she began to count the gold coins. She was enthralled by her husband's Jesus. good fortune and couldn't stop counting the coins. God, she's she, already counting. She's just counting it. She had to know how much there was. But Alibaba insisted that they bury the money and use it only when they needed to. <laughs> Ollie, honey, <coughs> what's half of 44000 But she wouldn't let him bury it until she knew the value. 
So Alibaba agreed to go ask his brother Kasim if he could borrow their scale to satisfy her fucking curiosity. Oh, shit. Looping Kasim in on this. Mm -hmm. The next day, Alibaba's wife went to see Kasim, but he was not there. So Kasim's wife asked her if she could help in some way. Alibaba's wife told her that she couldn't stay. Or she couldn't, not say, she couldn't stay. She couldn't say. But she needed to borrow their biggest scale. So Kasim's wife was intrigued. What could this poor family possibly need a big scale for? So Kasim's wife agreed to let them borrow their biggest scale. She was curious at what they were weighing. So she put I a layer. I think they're selling dope. So she put a layer of wax across the scale cup to see the imprint left behind. Oh, sneaky. And Alibaba's wife did not suspect a thing and cheerfully walked back home. When she was done weighing the gold, Alibaba buried it, and she returned the scale to her sister-in-law, unaware that a gold piece was stuck to the wax on the scale. Kasim's wife inspected the scale and saw the gold piece stuck to the wax, and in the wax, even, was imprinted by ancient kings whose faces have been long out of circulation for quite some time. Oh, so she's got old money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ancient money. It's still gold. Still gold. Still counts. It's still mm-hmm. valid. Fuck, I lost my she became overwhelmed with envy and when her husband Kasim came home she yelled at him saying shit like you broke ass piece of shit we're poorer than your poor brother (laughs) god damn (laughs) like she was pissed so Kasim was dumbfounded at his wife's sudden rant and until she shows him the scale and what had happened now Kasim was overwhelmed with jealousy and envy and could not sleep so the next morning Kasim went to his brother and demanded to know how he came upon all those gold coins. Alibaba uh, played stupid and pretended not to know what Kasim was what talking about. gold coins, brother? But then Kasim showed him that the gold coin that was stuck to the scale. And Alibaba did love his brother, so decides to tell his brother everything. Oh. As to not, you know, start a war Yeah, you know me I mean? and Kasim go way back. Okay, I'll tell you, brother. Just don't fucking say nothing. Just don't. Just keep your fucking mouth shut. Play it cool. Mm -hmm. Play it cool. So he tells his brother everything, even the magic words used. And the next day, Kasim set out with 15 donkeys that he had borrowed from friends and set out to where Alibaba told him that the cave would be. Damn, Kasim. He was going to rob no it time. Blind. He is enterprising. <laughs> Kasim is an enterpriser right there. For real. And, uh... Da, 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 da. He uses magic words. Open your fucking door. Open your fucking door. And just as Alibaba described, the rock wall peeled back and an entrance appeared. Kasim <laughs> went in, leaving the 15 donkeys out front, and examined the vast wealth inside the cave. After a while, the cave door closed on itself. But when Kasim was far too distracted by all the stuff, so he started bringing the loads over to the entrance door. And when he finished gathering everything, he called out, Open, ya bitch-ass door! Open, nothing. Uh, open, ya... What was it? <laughs> nothing. So he tried again. Open, ya pussy-ass door! Nothing. He recited everything but the correct phase. Open sesame? <laughs> no, that doesn't work. The bandits had a successful raid and were going to deposit their spoils. They see 15 donkeys waiting outside their cave entrance and think it's strange. That's a lot of donkeys. Oh, it must be a herd of wild donkeys. (laughs) 
So the bandit's leader gets off his horse and steps in front of his entrance to the cave and yells, Open ya fucking door! Kasim on the other side could hear the hoofbeats and panicked like a motherfucker when he heard the bandits yell out the right magic words. As soon as the cave entrance appeared, Kasim went flying out of the cave as fast as he could to try and make an escape. However, he ran right into the bandit leader's blade and was cut in half at the stomach. He's no Emmett Smith. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pop out, punt fake, spin move, stiff arm, then I'm going to high step it across the touchdown line. Door opens just straight into the sword. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't count on him having a sword out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the sword cuts him in half. Yeah. The bandit probably didn't even know he was coming out. He's just sitting there holding his sword. Like, I feel what like something's fuck? wrong, guys. I think we're getting invaded by donkeys. <laughs> Because he uh, just runs out and cuts himself in half. <laughs> they thought, how could anyone get into their well-guarded secret? Um, as they stared at Kasim's dismembered body, they said, oh, well. Oh, well. And tied his upper torso to the right pillar at the entrance of the cave and his lower half to the left pillar. And then took off. That's called sending a message. After they put everything that Kasim had piled by the door back. When night fell and Kasim did not return, his wife grew worried and feared that he was dead. So she went to Alibaba for help, and Alibaba assured her that he was fine, probably taking the back roads, as to avoid unwanted eyes. So he'll be home later, and Kasim's wife seemed to have calmed down and returned home. The next morning, she goes back to Alibaba and begs him to go look for her husband, who was still missing. And so Alibaba grabbed his three donkeys and headed out. He also needed to collect some firewood anyway, so it was like sort of like a win-win or, yeah. or two birds with one stone situation. As Alibaba collected the firewood... It's like all the town's donkeys are now <laughs> invested in this operation. <laughs> like everyone's at town like, can you hurry up? I have work to do right? and my donkey is still gone. Right? So as he collected firewood, he made it his way to the cave entrance. He didn't see anyone, any of Kasim's donkeys around, and so he cried out, Open, ya fucking daw! And the cave entrance revealed itself. Standing there, he saw Kasim's dismembered body hanging there, and instantly broke down crying. After a minute, he uh, gathered Kasim's body and wrapped them and stored them under the, brushel, the bushels of firewood that the donkeys were carrying. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Alibaba took his brother's body to his brother's wife. He, I have to name it like that because these bitches don't have names. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should just name them, but I was so into That's it. okay. I was just going. They're not really important characters. Uh, so he took him to his brother's wife, and he was greeted by his brother's servant, Morgiana, at his brother's courtyard. Uh-huh. Because they fancy. They fancy. Um, Alibaba takes down the pieces of his brother and lays them before her, Kasim's wife came down and saw Alibaba with her husband laying there in two pieces and softly cries. But where's the donkeys? <laughs> Alibaba warned them that if the bandits find out, that they would all die. And so he grabs his donkeys and goes home. So nobody is to know about Kasim's death. You know what I mean? Yeah, they gotta, gotta keep out. it a secret. Because, yeah. yeah. Nobody the knows. The thieves will come and come and attack yeah. them. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, and also, smart. though, that's another, that's a good question that the grieving wife brings up, is what about the donkeys? <laughs> <laughs> Did they take the donkeys? <laughs> is there any chance we could convince them to give the donkeys back? I think they just scattered. The donkeys just scattered. They're wild donkeys now. Mm -hmm. 
They live free like God intended. The next day, Morgiana went to the pharmacist and asked for medication. She told the pharmacist that her master was not, hasn't spoken or eaten in days, and she feared his for his life. The next day, Morgiana went to the pharmacist again for more medicine. This time she was crying, saying that he might not make it by the time she got back with more medicine. And then the next day. I think she's addicted to opiates. <laughs> she's super smart. Yeah. Uh, she's very sly, very witty. Morgiana goes to see Baba Mustafa, the village tailorer for the dead. His job is, like, for them, they have to make crematal gowns. Uh-huh. Special cremation. Yeah, 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 yeah. burial rites and shit. Anyway, uh, so he's a special tailorer for the dead. She gave him two gold coins to come with her and told him to keep his silence. And he agreed and followed her home. It's old. Can't remember where the fuck he is half the time, so. <laughs> what? Whatever. What? Which way to the country kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> I got this coupon right here. Is it, it's Tuesday night. That's bingo night, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> now come, come see this corpse. <laughs> I need you to fucking tailor him. I need you to tailor this corpse for me. Uh, so he agreed and followed her home, where she tells him that her master had recently become ill and died. So Baba Mufasta took Kasim's measurements and left. Morgana gave him one more coin for the rush order on the ceremonial gown. And the next day, the funeral rites were held, and a small group of people came down to mourn him. And they have a special thing where they, they mourn for 40 days so nobody leaves their homes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what happened. Okay, so after the 40 days of mourning, he as this tradition... He, he caught a strange sickness. It was the strangest one I've ever heard of. It's like, <coughs> they say he coughed himself into two pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, nobody has to see it. So uh -huh, I mean. yeah. Okay, so, uh, as is tradition... Four days morning. Uh, Ali Baba appointed Kasim's eldest son to run the antique shop. And he becomes the head of the household, so to speak. So him and his wife come to live there. Oh, okay. In Kasim's yeah. home. But I never hear from Ali Baba's wife again. So I don't know. <laughs> Wait, they come to live in Ali Baba's house? No, they go to live in Kasim's house with the courtyard and shit. Oh, it's actually a really nice house. Oh, okay. Nice villa. Kind yeah. of thing. So Kasim had the nicer house. Yes, he was married to oh, the yeah, merchant's that's right. daughter. That's right. He had the merchant's daughter. Yeah. He Ooh, could yeah. afford to borrow 15 donkeys. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could afford a, afford a sturdy donkey loan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so he left the his nephew in charge of the shop, the antique shop, to make some money. Shit like that. Mm -hmm. Start fresh because he was also smart, like his grandfather at running the shop, running business. sales, buying He's good, good shit at business. Like that. He's a yeah. good business guy, real business oriented. Exactly. Not like Alibaba, whose head's always in the clouds. <coughs> and he was not interested in running that shop. No, he's just he's all about getting fired. <coughs> but as he became head of household, he has earned, yeah, mm -hmm. had to take on all of the responsibilities there. Uh, I forgot what we were just talking about. <laughs> Head of household? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Meanwhile, the 40 thieves come back to their cache and discover that Kasim's body is gone. 
as well as an abundance of gold is missing. <laughs> oh, so Alibaba took them. <laughs> took a little, yeah. yeah, took a little Look, okay, gold. I only need one body, one donkey for Kasim's body. I can load up the other two. Yeah, I didn't. It never mentioned that at all. Going through the original, mm-hmm. like, all right, well, fuck it. You know what? I'll just add it in, just like they did. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sudden add-in. He suddenly has a bunch suddenly, more gold. Suddenly, he took a lot more gold. And. uh Kasim's just, he's rolling on a fine-looking horse now. He's not even fucking with them donkeys mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So the thieves came up with a plan. Find out who else knows about the cave and kill them. Half the men disguised themselves as merchants and scattered throughout the land to see if any of the villagers recently buried anyone. One of the disguised merchant bandits happened upon the right village. And it was super early in the morning, so no one was open in the village market just yet, except for Mr. Baba Mustafa, who was in his shop sewing. So the thief asked Baba Mustafa if anyone in town had died recently. And the old tailor said yes, but he can't remember what? the name. <laughs> Who are you? Are you my, are you my grandson, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> and then the bandit gave him a gold coin and asked if he knew what house he had passed away at was. Baba Mustafa admits that he, his memory isn't what it used to be and couldn't recite recant where the house is the thief gave him <laughs> what, two more gold what coins what town do we live in <laughs> and begged him to re, uh, remember so babu mustafa got up and took the thief on a walk to try and find the house and after some time babu mustafa found kasim's house and told him the thief that he was pretty sure it's this house and the thief asked for any more information but babu mustafa couldn't recall so the thief gave him one more gold coin and sent him on his <laughs> He's way. Just rich, just wandering. Down. I don't know how to get home. That's like the opposite of what yeah. scammers do to them. You know exactly. what I mean? That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's probably how the Home Shopping Network was created. On his way home, someone's <laughs> like, "Look at this old dude. He's loaded. Hey, old guy, <laughs> check out this, this necklace. <laughs> you need a bolo tie." Uh. Okay, so then he, uh, the bandit, marked the Kasim's door with a white X and then went back to tell the leader of his gang. Morgiana just so happened to have been coming home from this, her morning shopping and saw the white X on her door. Thinking it was something terrible was about to happen to her masters, she quickly finds some white chalk and draws a white X on the, in the same fashion on all of her neighbor's doors as well. <laughs> Smooth. No one ever saw her do it, and then she never told her masters about it either. <laughs> the, ran- the bandit ran back to his posse and told them the news and how he marked the door with a white X. The 40 thieves banded together and headed out to kill the plunderer. Uh, whoever plundered them. That plunder, that goddamn but plunder. When, when they arrived, they saw that the white X's were on all the houses. So they went back to their cave to regroup. I think he missed something when we sent him out with the instructions. There, the leader of the thieves killed the bandit who had placed the white X on the door and then asked if anyone else would like to try. Oh, we're good. And find the culprit. Uh, one thief said he would try and left in search of clues. He too came up upon Babu Mustafa and gave him lots of gold coins. <laughs> and uh, why are you <coughs> all giving me so much money? <coughs> and Babu Mustafa again took the second bandit to Kasim's house and again was rewarded with more gold coins. 
This time, the bandit had a red chalk and marked the door with a T. Oh, the letter T. Right next to the... For thief. Right next to the white X. But they're thieves. Oh. Um, What's the thief hating? Thief hating on thieves. And then he left to tell his gang. And again, Morgiana came home from her morning shopping and saw that the red tea. So she grabbed some red chalk and did the same thing to all the neighbors' door. <laughs> Morgiana's just, the, she is the brains of this entire operation. <laughs> she is, for real. She's the, she doesn't even understand half the shit she's doing. She's just like, yeah, it just seemed like the thing to do at the time. <laughs> and again, no one saw her do it and she didn't tell her masters about it. So when the thieves came back that night and they discovered all the houses also had a red tea on them, they regrouped back at the cave. And the leader, again, killed the second bandit just like last time. Does no one understand what I'm saying? One mark on one door. It's all I'm asking for. <laughs> they were pissed at this point. And so the leader tells them that he will go instead. And he too met with Baba Mustafa and gave him a shit ton of gold coin. <laughs> I'm filthy rich over. I don't know what's going on. And he led the leader of the bandits to Kasim's house. He thanked Baba Mustafa and gave him even more gold coin. And then the leader stayed there for a moment and took a mental picture of the house without marking it the door at all. And after a while, he left and regrouped with his posse. He told his followers to go out by 19 donkeys one jar of oil and 37 empty jars of oil. Hey, now, that sounds like a Tijuana party right there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I need 19, 19 donkeys, a jar of oil, some honey, one gallon of mayonnaise. I'm <laughs> not saying any of that. Okay. A rubber glove. He, he asked for 37 empty jars of oil because the other two thieves were already dead. There was only 38 of them left. So he told his men that they would hide in the jars, the empty jars themselves. And the one jar, and oh yeah, so two two jars on a donkey at a time. One on either side of the donkey. Yeah, they're big yeah. jars. Yeah, they're big jugs. They're like yeah. huge, uh, the huge yeah. faces. Huge. You can hide a man Arms in it clearly. Fucking, yeah, they got dudes inside them, so yeah. they're pretty big. Yeah, yeah they're big shit. And those, those are usually found in houses, like the richer establishments. E each one had one of those in their household, and it would usually last them five to ten years. Yeah. It was crazy. One big jug of oil. Yeah. Because everything was oil-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was your lights. And, uh, what was I going to say? So they were going to hide in the barrels, two jars on a donkey at a time. Mm -hmm. And he was going to lead... Them as an the oil. army of donkey barrels. Yeah, as a merchant, an oil merchant. But he'd have the one jar of real oil to show anyone who asked. Mm -hmm. Just in yep, case. That's the trick. That's how Just they get in you. Case. I've had that happen to me before. Where I go to buy a jar of oil, and I get home, and I open it up, and there's a fucking dude inside it. And I'm like, I thought this was all the oil he showed me was olive oil. So yeah, so and uh, the rest of their plan was that they would find a way to somehow leave the oils and the donkeys outside of Kasim's house and rob and kill them all in the night. Oh, sneaky, sneaky. So the men went out in search of everything. Their leader asked for it. It took them three days to find it all. And by the evening, the bandits made their way in front of Kasim's house, where Alibaba just so happened to be outside front walking in circles, pondering shit. He's just pondering as Alibaba does. 
And He's thinking bandit- about leaving his wife is what it is. Probably. The Bandit King. I'll just start calling him Bandit King at this bandit point. Bandit King. Nice. <laughs> I, I like that. I get that. tired of saying leader. Leader. So the Bandit King tells Alibaba that he often sells oil in this town, but didn't make it to the village on time and must wait until morning to sell the oil. He wondered if it wasn't too much to let him stay in their barn and let the 19 donkeys rest with the oils of jars off their backs. Yeah, Whew, give the donkeys a break. They got all that weight on their backs. Each donkey's got two dudes on we it. We didn't even that's, mention the weed that we were smoking, dude. That's, that's two dudes stick. to donkey. We're smoking pixie sticks. That's pixie right. Pixie sticks yeah. is delicious. It tastes like candy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that we were eating a bunch of nerds before we were <laughs> <Yeah. smoking> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Nerds and pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Alibaba was like most generous and quickly said, of course. So he brought all the donkeys into their courtyard and told the stable boy to feed and water all the animals. Stable boy! And Alibaba turned to Morgiana and told her to make some dinner for their guests and ready a room in the main house for him. (laughs) And also, Morgiana, I really wish I had married you. (laughs) (laughs) Alibaba and his guest finished eating dinner and Morgiana took the bandit king to his room to bid him good night. And then she returned to Alibaba and asked if there was anything else that she could get him. And he told her that he had planned to go to the bathhouse tomorrow morning and that he would like some broth upon his return. I want some chicken broth when I get home, bitch. I want Just make sure broth that happens. and I want it fucking hot. Yep. So, uh... And then Alibaba says goodnight and retired. Good night. I so retired. Morgiana, Morgiana, as the maidful servant... Brought Alibaba's clean clothes to the stable boy, as the stable boy was to go with Alibaba in the morning and help clean him. This was his duties. Okay. His personal manservant. He scrubs his balls for him. Oh, yeah. Ball scrubber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to have a good ball scrubber in your life. Okay. And then she went to work on preparing the broth. After some time, the oil in her lamp uh, went out, and there was no more oil left in the household jar. So she went to borrow some from the oil merchant and went to the barn. As she walked along the jars, one of the thieves heard her and thought it was their leader. And he asked through the jar if it was time to ambush yet. Is it time to kill everyone in the household, master? No. no, Although Morgiana was alarmed at the voice coming from the jar, she knew it was the thieves from the cave coming to kill them all. Uh, she told him in a deep voice, like their leaders, that the time, the time is not yet ready. Not yet ready. <laughs> and she found the one real jar of oil and filled her lamp with it. Because <laughs> she did see, apparently she saw it. I don't know. She knew one of the jars had to be real. Yeah. And then she was, well... <laughs> The story explains that each one of the fucking lamp cauldrons ask her if it's ready as she's going down. And each time she, she tells him, not yet, not yet, not, not yet. yet. Not I don't yet. I just pulled that, that fucking last guy. But Where's anyway, the oil? She came across the last, the last barrel was full of oil. So she opened it and filled her lamp with it. And then she left and <laughs> went back to the kitchen. I'm she through everyone. Not yet. Not yet, just 38 times. <laughs> yeah, for real. And uh, and then she uh, went back to the kitchen where she grabbed the biggest cauldron she could find and began heating it over the fire. 
For some reason, they have a shit ton of cooking oil. So she fills the cauldron with cooking oil. Yeah. Pan oil. And when she when it starts to brown, you know, that's fucking hot as fuck. That's hot oil. That's fucking yeah, hot. That's hot oil. She pours the hot ass oil into the jars that were filled with men and the scalding scalding them all to death. Oh Jesus, she fries the motherfuckers. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, you said you're in a fucking they oil had, jar. They huh? had you no think you're time in oil to jar? react. Here's a fucking jar of oil. Dude, they had no time to react to the boiling oil searing their flesh off. Yeah, well, obviously they're poor communicators, so that's kind of on them. I imagine it's just like them all asking her if they're ready. Like, she's just going down the line, and each one's just like, Master, are we? Are you ready? Ah, you're pouring burning oil all over me, oh my god, it hurts! And then she walks to the next guy, who's literally like a foot away, and he has just ignored that whole conversation. <laughs> know, Master, right? are you ready? <laughs> I guess so, like... Yeah. Are you guys partially deaf? Uh, These jars are thick. We can't hear anything. (laughs) When Morgiana, like a boss, was done, she continued to cook Alibaba's broth for tomorrow. And a few hours go by, and the bandit king wakes up. (laughs) Fucking crazy, right? You just killed 37 people, and you're going back to cooking your broth. And now I'm going to go finish that fucking broth, (laughs) because I'm a beast. Fuck Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. This this shit should have been called Morgiana and the 40 Thieves. I know, for real. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When the Bandit King wakes up after a few hours, he uh, opens his window and looks about to make sure that no one is around. And then he claps his hands really loud. It was a signal (laughs) to his men to attack. But nothing moved. So he shouted, Now! Now! Really quick. (laughs) Uh, still nothing moved and so he went quietly down to the barn thinking his men just fell asleep but as he approached the first jar he could (laughs) smell the burning flesh is someone frying up chicken? (laughs) and could feel the heat that was emitting from the jars it was still boiling hot well yeah they're well insulated jars I'm assuming Mm -hmm. So he knew that their fates were all sealed, and he felt all the jars, and they all were scolding hot. Uh, the bandit king feared for his own life, so he hopped the wall and made for his escape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here! <laughs> Morgiana saw the whole thing. She's downstairs with the, her. She put her lamp out, mm-hmm. and she was like, I'm just going to wait. We'll she's see just what sitting happens. down there. She, I imagine she's just sitting down there, just slurping broth out of a spoon, just watching <laughs> it. Just like the cold, calculated serial killer she for actually real. is. Just... <laughs> Yeah, you run. It's not going to help you. (laughs) Once she knew he was gone, she went to check the locks on the front door and then went to bed. The next morning, yet still dark, Alibaba and the stable boy left to to go to the bathhouse and did not return until noon. When he got home, he noticed that all all the oil from the oil merchants, all the oil merchants' shit was still there. And he asked Morgiana about it. She told Alibaba to stay quiet and follow her. And she brought him over to one of the oil jars and told him to look inside. Check this out. <laughs> oh my God, Morgiana, you were, you were fucking twisted. Yeah, that's exactly look pretty, at that's it. pretty much how. Look at his eyes. <laughs> well, no, she did, uh, she did say, no, look at his sword he's carrying. He's adorned in armor and shit. Oh. It's just... They were here to kill you. They were here I to fucking kill you. saved you. I fucking saved your bitch ass. 
Oh, uh, shit, where am I? And I boiled these people alive, and part of me enjoyed it. I may have a problem, Molly Papa. So she brought him over to the jars and oil, told him to look aside. He gasped and was horrified and demanded an explanation. She told him everything about the marks on the door, running out of oil, hearing the men's voices in the jars, and using the cooking oil to burn them all to death. She was super worried that they would kill everyone there, and Alibaba was overjoyed at her for saving his life. Mm -hmm. And then he looked at her, and he's like, 37, you say? You want to make it an even 38? But uh, wife's still upstairs. Now they needed to get rid of everything his discreetly. Wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so Alibaba and the stable boy dig a big-ass pit in the garden and put all the bodies in it, bury them, making it look as if the garden was never disturbed in the first place. Then, one by one, sometimes two by two, Alibaba sent his stable boy to sell the donkeys in the empty jars until they were all gone. And no one ever noticed. No word of mouth. No no noise. No no one knows. Mm-hmm. You know what I would have done, right? Super fucked up thing. I would have took all the donkeys, led them back to the cave, left the jars of people fudge, in the cave and took all the gold and bounced. (laughs) And then the next person who happens to be lucky enough to be like, this is the secret cave. Open your fucking door. Oh my God, that smells horrific. (laughs) (laughs) That's gotta be terrible. No way. Uh, Oh yeah. Morgiana also told Alibaba that the bandit king did escape and that he was possibly with two others. They didn't know. The bandit king had killed the other two. Aha. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, uh, so he needed to be on guard. On guard! And after a couple of days, the angry bandit king came up with another plan. So he grabbed a few horses and filled it with very pretty things to sell at the merchant. As a merchant in town. He set up his shop across from Cassim's antique shop. Just super lucky to get that spot. He had no idea that that was actually Kasim's place. <laughs> yeah. It probably actually wasn't lucky for him. Because uh, Kasim's got that market corner down, you know. He's setting up over there and he's like, I'm going to take them and I'm going to pretend to be a merchant. And then he shows up and he's like, God damn, no one wants to buy my wares. Kasim's place just has a line out the door. <laughs> so Alibaba's uh, nephew was running the shop at the time, and he started to become good friends with uh, the Pandit King, who took the name of Kawaja, by the way. I am Kawaja, the Bandit King. I mean, mm. I'm probably not uh, a CEO of Bandit King Industries. <laughs> so one day, Alibaba visited with his nephew to see how he was doing, as he often stopped by to see how he was. After he left, Kawaja asked Alibaba's nephew who he was. Um... Who the guy he was talking to was. Who's that motherfucker? And he tells him it was his uncle. And then Kawaja invites Alibaba's nephew to have dinner with him. And Alibaba's nephew wanted to return the kindness and host him for dinner. But his home was too small, so he asked Alibaba to host him for dinner instead. Can we do it at Alibaba's house? And Alibaba happily agreed to help. The next day, Alibaba told Morgiana that they would be hosting his nephew and his friend that he admired and with great respect have you seen my wife also i mean i was only kind of batting around jokes when i mentioned making her disappear i haven't (laughs) seen her in quite some time uh you wouldn't have anything to do with that would you morgiana (laughs) 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 a lady never tells (laughs) 
and that she was to prepare a feast for them all. When the time drew near, Ali Baba's nephew and Kawaja walked about in the garden until it was time for dinner. Then they walked forward towards the door, where Ali Baba greeted them graciously. When Kawaja saw him, he grabbed at his clothes where he had concealed a dagger that he would later kill. Ha ha, my dagger! Want to kill Ali Baba with. And Ali Baba invited them in. And uh, they all sat around the table, conversing and complimenting each other. <coughs> there was a lot of bullshit talking of thy dagger. <laughs> I like to imagine that uh, they're just hitting it off super well. <laughs> Yeah, man, we get along great, actually. They were. That's exactly what was happening. They were conversing, complimenting. They were fucking, like, talking good things about each other. Not for this whole cave business, Alibaba and Kawaja might have been good friends. Uh, Not likely. You never know, Kim. You never know. He's only there to get close to him. He is. is. After a while, Kawaja started to get cold feet and wanted to leave. Yeah, see? He started to like Alibaba. No, he still wanted to come. (laughs) And he asked uh, Kawaja if there was anything that he could do to make him stay. And Kawaja told him that he didn't want to impose, but his doctor told him that he couldn't eat salt. I can't have salt. In my diet. It makes me nauseous. I get nauseous when I eat salt. So Alibaba assured him that the cooks had not yet started the meat. So he quickly got up and ran down to Morgiana to tell her not to add salt to anything. She was disgusted, but agreed to do as her master Jeez, wished. Morgiana, you're my girl. Now I she like was you curious. more and more. It just right away, like, no, okay, that's fucking disgusting. You know what? You, I'm starting to second guess who your fucking guest is. They don't like salt. What kind of fucking evil motherfucker doesn't like salt? I bet that's the goddamn bandit king out there with his non-salt heaven ass. <laughs> Well, just so happened, she was curious who doesn't add salt to their meat. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't, it seemed way too suspicious to her. Yeah, so she went to have him. a look at the man. When the food was ready, her and the stable boy set the table, and I don't remember his name. I just I never wrote it down. Stable so I just, boy. I just kept calling him stable boy. I was like, yeah, stable boy. It's actually Rob Stable Boy. So. I think of that guy from, uh, what the fuck is it called? The Iron Fist? Uh, As a staple boy. Oh, hey. yeah. Shirt just always a little bit too open. Yeah. I've I've tended to the horses, ma'am. Is there anything else I can do for you? That's who I think of. Yeah. I fucking picture this guy. Yep. I was like, ooh. Yep. <laughs> staple boys is where it's at. Staple boys where it's at. Staple boy is where <laughs> wife's probably at. <laughs> probably. Uh, so when the... The food was ready, and her and the stable boy set the table. They brought out all the food. Morgiana instantly recognized Kawaja as the oil merchant. At seat, I knew it. I told you. There's something wrong. non-salt eating motherfucker had to be the bandit king. One way I can't, can't seem to fathom is that why isn't Alibaba recognizing this guy? He saw him from the top of a tree. He knew what the original Bandit King looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he's been everyone. there. I think he just I think he just prettied himself it's up, maybe. Stupid. And Morgiana's just way smarter than everyone else. She is. And then she could spot the, the dagger that was hidden inside his robe and knew that he was up to no good. When I like finished... to imagine that he's very horrible at concealing stuff. And Alibaba's mm-hmm. just that bad at figuring stuff. Yeah, yeah, he fucking yeah, me. Come on in, guys. We're we're fucking friends. <laughs> You're my buddy now. 
When she finished serving dessert, she ran and changed to uh, changed into a belly dancer's garments. The bling bling yeah, across whip, her whips. Whip that, whip that tummy out. And uh, she told the stable boy to play the tambourine. So I'm also imagining like this hot bitch being played by the tambourine. Yes. That is <laughs> the Iron Fist guy. <laughs> and fucking Selma <laughs> Hayek. God, I was like, that's how I got a picture, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Morgana's quite young. Well, yes, Selma Hayek does still look pretty yeah, fucking yeah, young. She's Selma got Hayek great jeans. She's fucking immortal. She's got great jeans. Yes, she does. I'm surprised you don't call her Cher, too. No, well, she's well, not no, a robot. She's definitely not a Cher's robot. Cher's a robot, and Selma Hayek's a goddess. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, she told the stable boy to play the tambour- tambourine while she danced for the guests, and he agreed. After their dessert, the stable boy cleared the table and told Alibaba that Morgiana wished to dance for them all. Alibaba was excited and told him to play. Whew, so I the haven't stable seen boy a naked woman in years. Starts to play the tambourine. And Morgana be- Morgana begins to shake her ass. Woo! Get some. Ah, yes, fantastic. Yeah, a little Shakira again. action going down over there on the table. <laughs> just get down. Now just wait. Yeah. She pulls out a big ass sword and starts dancing with it, as oh, is tradition. Yes, as is tradition. <laughs> and looking graceful as shit. Then she grabs the tambourine from the stable boy and tw- turns it over to accept money for her performance. Yep. She holds it out in front of Alibaba, and he drops a couple gold coins into it. Gotta then she dances over to his nips. nephew, <laughs> and dro- and he drops a couple coins into the tambourine. And then finally, she dances over to Kawaja, and he, as he was looking for his coin purse, she lunges the big ass fucking sword into him, killing him. <laughs> Everyone starts freaking out, but Morgana's like, "Nah, bra." This is totally the oil merchant. I Check told you robe. guys, I told you guys, if you don't eat salt, you fucking killed somebody. <laughs> but you never eat salt, Morgiana. Wink, wink. He's like, she's like, check his robe. He's got a dagger. He's come here to kill you. And he's clearly using your nephew to get close to you. And Alibaba's like, wow, bitch. How not did us I twice not notice? you saved me. You're my slave no longer. Here, take my nephew for your husband. You clearly good luck. Oh, so he gets to marry the 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 nephew, the, the young nephew. nephew. She's young, oh, he's young. Made sense. She's young, he's young. Alibaba's cool. And you need to be a part of this family for your bravery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Chinese. Yeah, I know, he's still Chinese. <laughs> all of a sudden. He's not even just Chinese, he's like derogatory well, I never gave him, Chinese. Like, fucking words, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was uh, the only lines that I yeah. like, decided to write in there. But anyway, uh, his nephew agreed to the marriage, and in a few short weeks that they were married. Years went by, and Alibaba never went, never went to the secret cave. In fear that there was indeed more thieves, finally he mustered some courage and went to go see. He discovered that the cave hadn't been touched since he was last there. So he told his sons about this place and its magic words and taught them to recite the words. And then the knowledge passed down to his son's sons and then to their sons and then the end. Oh, so you're saying that secretly somewhere in the world there's a family that still has access to that cave. Somewhere below Persia, apparently, because it said long ago before Mm -hmm. Persia was Persia. Yeah. If I were to actually tell you the fucking first line of it, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long to their tides have passed long before Persia even existed. Yeah. 
Arabia. What? Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights. And instead of saying he said, she said, it says, quoteth he. <laughs> I'm not joking. I had to read that the whole fucking time. <laughs> quoteth he. I'm like, what the fuck? And you goddamn copyrighted this? Yeah. Well, that was How old school. That's he, I'm pretty sure even his copyright has to be invalid at this point. Because that was probably translated in like the 1800s or some yeah. shit. I don't know. But anyway. uh, yeah. So our, yeah. Uh, what was our source for it, Kim? What's the name of the book? Fucking Sir Richard Burton. Sir Richard Burton, and what was the name of the book? Oh, it's called The Arabian Nights. It's the original, the entire transcript. Of oh, Arabian. shit. It's the OG Arabian Nights book. Yeah, the original transcript. Yeah, by from... Sir Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. From Sir Middle East Richard to Burton. English. From Middle East to English. If you read it, get ready for some hithers, tithers, nithers, and neithers. Yeah, it's fucking complex. Thou, like, thou go hither, and quoteth hither, for tither, and twither. Mm-hmm. Bond either. Sweet. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Sweet. Yeah, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Follow us. Give us some comments. Let us mm-hmm. know what uh let us know what you think. If I get enough comments, I'll send you guys a sticker. Yeah. Got stickers coming. I'm so excited. Yeah, we got we got bumper stickers on the way, so uh look forward to that. Uh give us a shout out. Yeah. And uh yeah, you might you might get a bumper sticker coming Indeed. your way. So we got some more merchandise that we're working Merch. on too, so yeah. Look out for that. That's All coming kinds soon. of cool, fun, future, high mythology stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope all of you folks enjoyed this. And mm-hmm. uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We love you, and we appreciate you. And uh, also, uh, this, is another, this is another thing to shout out. Uh, huge thanks to all of you for helping push us over a thousand downloads oh wow yes Woo! yes a thousand downloads uh we love you guys and apparently you love us too when it's showing so yep keep up the good work and we'll try to do the same yeah good night have a good night nice it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.